Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Welcome to my first episode. I'm so glad you're here. And I just can't wait to get into it. We've got some really fun stuff lined up. But this first episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. So my name is Mandy, and I I guess I want to tell you all that I wasn't looking for a podcast. Um, I have eight kids, and I'm executive director of a nonprofit, and listening to podcasts is something that I always want to do, but I don't ever seem to find the time to do it. So um, I was a guest on a podcast, at a on a local podcast, and it was great. Spent a good 15 minutes talking um, to a wonderful host. And as we were walking out, um, the producer said, hey, let's have a conversation. And about 20 minutes into that conversation, he kind of nodded a little bit. And I'm going, what just happened? Because it looks like a decision was made. And he says, you know what? I think I want to I think I want to give you a megaphone. And to tell you the truth, I was like, oh, I don't I don't know if this is a great idea for me because all the kids and all the things and um what about what about what about what about all the things um but here's the thing what I do in foster care um the best thing that I do I think is is listen to stories and it's the listening to the stories that evokes emotion that makes people see that this foster care thing it's not a them problem it's an everyone. It's an everyone can do something problem. And it's the stories that, that bring the people and the hearts and the helpers. So here I am on a podcast, um, on my podcast, which is the most hilarious thing I think I've ever um, done. But here we are. And I'm happy to be here with you guys. Um, so let me tell you just a little bit about my family um, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. We've been together since we were 16, and um, we've moved probably 12 times in the 15 years that we've been married. We have eight kids, and they're a mixture of biological kids and adopted children, and you know what? It's amazing. Um, typically, people hear eight kids and go, man, eight kids, but you know, it's just life for us. Um and it's a really, really good life. Um, we live um, in a really cool um, house that we're fixing up. We call her Ethel. Ethel's a 1960s ranch house and nothing too special to look like on the outside, but filled with 
love and pictures and kids artwork on the inside and I love it. We've got a big old pecan tree and a derpy dog named Hank and home is my favorite place to be. So really, really glad to be here with you guys and share a little bit about me. So I think because this podcast seeks to shed light on stories, I'll tell you a little bit about our story. So in 2015, um, Mike and I had had our four kids and we were living um, in a really beautiful community. I don't know if any of you know um, Dripping Springs, Texas, but we we're at that point we were living in Dripping Springs, Texas in this beautiful community with like miles of hike and bike trails and, you know, a pool and a splash pad and a exercise club and just all the things, you know, the animals talk to you because it's like so perfect. That kind of community, which is great. It's awesome. Um, But at some point I looked around and I was like, oh man, we are frauds. Like this is not how we said that we would raise our kids in this precious bubble where it's real easy to love other people because they act and are just like you. So I wanted to do something about that. And I talked to my husband and he was like, man, like how do, how do we get here? Like this, is, this place is great. But also, you're right, this is not what we planned for our kids. Um, so I'm a big proponent of compassion and empathy being like a muscle. And in order to grow it, you got to work it out. So we wanted to figure out a way we could work out those muscles in ourselves and in our children. So I'm in a a bit of an extreme. So I was like, let's just sell everything and like move to a third world country. And my husband's an accountant. So that was not in the cards. That was not in the cards for us. Um, So upon some discussion, um, it ended up being foster care. And we knew probably getting into it that that loving the kiddos, that wouldn't be the, the most difficult thing. Our hope was to love their parents through this foster care journey. So that's what we set out to do. We got licensed, and two days later, after we picked up our license, we got a call for a two-day-old baby girl. And if you do the quick math there, that means she was born on the day that we got licensed. So we drove to the hospital and we picked up this bundle of gorgeous, like just awesomeness. She was so squishy and so sweet and tiny. And we took her home and we quickly realized that there were so many questions that we didn't even know that we would have. Um, And also that we weren't as prepared as we thought we were going to be with. So whenever you have a baby, like biologically, you get nine months to prepare. And if you want to, you can figure out like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And so you kind of know how to prepare. Whenever you are in foster care, um, typically you don't know who is going to be coming into your home. Are they going to be teeny tiny two-year-old or a two-year-old that's the size of a four-year-old? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? It's really difficult to prepare ahead of time as far as resources go. So we didn't have a ton of resources and we didn't realize that this baby was going to be itty bitty bitty. Um, so there was a new nonprofit in town, um, and we, we called them, and Crystal Smith, who was, is the founder and executive director of that nonprofit, um, was on our doorstep within 24 hours with resources, but more than that, 
with community. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She had walked this road before us, and so I realized quickly that the resources are super valuable and helpful and definitely take a weight off um, the shoulders of foster parents that are um, saying yes to a new child. But it's the community and the connection and the stories um, that, that make you feel like you can do it. So all of these questions that I didn't know that we were going to have – she had already walked that, and so having a conversation with her felt life-giving, and where before I was like, ooh, I don't know if we can do this, um, afterwards, I was like, you know what, I think we totally got this. So during our foster care journey, you might remember I said, you know, the goal, the challenge, um, the muscle building was going to be loving their parents, and throughout our foster care journey, and that's exactly what it was. One particular case, I remember um, this mama was having a really hard time. She was having a really hard time, and um, unfortunately, she was an addict. And at the beginning of this particular case, um, it wasn't safe for us to be around her or even um, for her to know what we drove. So... We, wouldn't, we didn't have a lot of opportunity to love on her. So what that looked like in, in our case was sending pictures, sending photo books or pictures or updates on how her little one was doing. And I remember feeling um, so conflicted, kind of going to the CPS office to drop off um, this, this child with, with a CPS caseworker who would then take her to her mom um, who would then, it was just, it's a whole thing and it, it's counter um, to what I've ever experienced as a parent. And you know what, human nature, and, and this is not a bad thing, it's just something to work through, I think, in, in some cases. Human nature is to have a knee-jerk reaction to vilify biological parents. I think we, um, our knee jerk is to go, man, what, what did they do that was so bad or dangerous or whatever it is to get their kids removed from them? And I learned throughout this case that that is not the, the, the way I should be approaching it. Um, and maybe for some cases that is absolutely the way, but that is not the way that I wanted to do it. I wanted to, like I said, grow that muscle and... Um, try to remove some barriers. So that wasn't happening at first. And eventually 
this mom, she disappeared. She disappeared for months. And I didn't realize how concerned I would be, how worried, how her not being around would occupy my mind. And then she resurfaced. It had been a few months, and she resurfaced, and CPS called and said, hey, she wants a visit with her little one, so we need you to make that happen, come to the office and and drop off the baby. And I did. Of course I did, because... That, that is, this is foster care. So, but I remember dropping off this little one and driving to a parking lot very close to the, the office because I wasn't sure if I would be needed um, to come back early or something. I just didn't know. But I remember just shaking. I was shaking in my car and I couldn't understand, like, differentiate. Did I want to, like, am I shaking because I want to go back to that office and scoop up that little one because I'm concerned or is it stronger the feeling the shaking because I want to go to that office and just grip that mama and go don't do that again don't don't disappear on me again and that's whenever I realized holy moly I have been putting up these barriers and I didn't even know I was doing it so after that I just fell into it. I just fell into it. The barriers came down as much as was appropriate. Barriers came down, and I got to know this mama. And, y'all, we are, there's too many similarities, same age, and um, we look alike. And for all intents and purposes, this woman could be my sister. And she's had a really, really, really hard time. And at some point, we were having a conversation, and she said something about me being better than her. And I remember going, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not better than you. I'm not better than you. I've never, ever, ever had to walk the road that you have. I'm not better than you. I just have never had to be as strong as you. Y'all, foster care will wreck you. It will wreck you in the most profound ways. And so that's one of the reasons, the reason I should say, that this podcast is called The F-Bomb because foster care is going to wreck your life and you're never going to be the same again. And that's something that I'm so grateful for, that because of this journey in foster care, I will never be the same again. And it was that moment um, with that mama, me realizing, oh, man. We're just, we're just people. We're just people who both desperately love this little one. Then I realized, man, this, is, this bomb blew up my life. So thank you so much for listening to the F-Bomb. We're going to have some really cool people coming up, and they're going to be sharing their stories. At the end of every segment, I'm going to give my guests an opportunity to talk about their F-Bomb moment When was the moment that they knew they'd never be the same again because of foster care? Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.